Hey, 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 hey. Welcome back to another episode of It's Just a Talk podcast. My name is Mauricio. I'm your host. And I was truth hurts by Lisso. My favorite line is literally, I just took a DNA test. Turns out I'm 100%. That bitch. Ooh. If you have not been here before and joined me in this beautiful closet that I go in, I go back in the closet for y'all, then welcome. This is Just a Talk, the podcast where we talk a little tea, we talk a little truth, but you know, we always leave some time to talk some shit because we are your Spanglish, political, queer, shady, and everything podcast. Once again, I am Mauricio, and today's episode is being brought to you by... Tapatio. Yes, girl, Tapatio. You know what I said. I just found out a couple years ago that Tapatio is actually owned by a gamma. If you don't know what a gamma is, I do not mean the gamma like gamma Zeta alpha. No disrespect to y'all, but like Sigma Latin Gamma owned Tapatio. And that's when I knew they had my heart. Because Zapatillo has been having my heart since I was a little boy. I did not know if I was gay, if I was straight, if I was going to die or live. But you know what I didn't know? I knew that every morning I was going to have Zapatillo on my huevos. I knew every night I was going to put Zapatillo on my dinner. And so this is why when I used to be a teacher, my children literally brought me Zapatillo for my birthday. Like, they put a bow on that shit and they said, Mr. Av, we know you love Zapatillo. And I've always been known as the Zapatillo person. Like, other teachers would come to my classroom and be like, Hey, Mr. Ab, can we, bar- can we borrow your hot sauce? And I'd be like, you know, I'm the Tapatio Connect. So, Tapatio, thank you for making my life that much spicier, that much better. And, I mean, one day you'll probably give me gallbladders. So, or gallstones, I mean. Ah! So, with that, we're going to get this party started because if you're ready, I'm ready. I got my Tapatio ready, the bottle, and the packets. Because now even theaters got the Tapatio packets. Yes, they know Latinos in the house. So, let's get this party started, y'all. I got the horses in the back. Horse stock is attached. Head is mad at black. Got the bushes black to match. Riding on a horse. Can nobody tell me nothing? Can nobody tell me nada? All right, welcome back. We are going to start our first segment of this podcast that I like to call How Was Your Week? That was actually Little Nas at featuring. Billy Ray Cyrus, yes, it's called Old Town Road. There was a little controversy with this song because originally it made like the country one hundred, like top one song of the one hundreds or something like that, and also like Billboard one hundreds. And country people are like, nah, like Little Nas X is not country, so he cannot be on our charts. And uh, I took that as like, no, Little Nas X is not white, so he can't be on our charts. But he still got the Billboard 100, like, number one a couple weeks in a row, you know, so that's why I needed to play that song. We're going to start off our segment of How Is Your Week with a little recap of my week. So, I recently just got back from Houston. Yes, if you were in Houston and I saw you and we hung out, thank you. Uh, I appreciate that Saturday night. Don't remember my Saturday night, but I know it was good because I saw it on Instagram the morning after when I was struggling. I went for a national organizing uh, summit. So, basically, uh, the organization that I am a member of not gonna name names uh, go flew me out there to go ahead and meet with other organizers from all over the nation uh, and be able to uh, ping pong ideas uh, meet each other as well as continue to uh, grow the art of organizing uh, organizing is the power that like brings campaigns together that makes movements and so I've always been very interested and involved in organizing work and so it was really amazing to be in Houston for that uh, I had not been in Houston before I don't think I have, um, and I will say that it is beautiful. 
The downtown is really awesome. I miss running at night and not having to, like, wear tight sweats, a jacket, a beanie, gloves, like I do here in the Bay Area. Here in the Bay Area, after, like, the sun is down, I'm like, all right, I guess I ain't running today because it's cold. <laughs> so I got back on... Monday, um, and then this month is going to be a lot of travel, so you might not hear from me in a while. I'm going to try and record next week when I am in D.C. for my sister's graduation. I'm so proud of her. She's graduating with her art degree from Virginia Commonwealth University, so I get to go to D.C. and celebrate with her. Then have to fly to L.A. and go to my old roommate slash friend Rosanna's graduation at LMU. She was there last year when I graduated, and she took my pictures. So, you know, my ass has to be there for her. Then, I, the following week, I'm flying to Guadalajara. to. I'm trying to go, finally, see Michoacan, where my mom's from. And Guadalajara is, like, the closest airport. I want to see Guadalajara. I want to see Michoacan. And then fly to Puerto Vallarta for my birthday. I've been on the Beyonce diet. I don't know if y'all saw Homecoming. And if you didn't, I really hope you are going to pause this. Or at, and go watch it, or go watch it after this. Um, on the on homecoming, Beyonce said that she's on the Beyonce diet. She was like, no sugar, no carbs, no alcohol, no X, Y, and C, no this. And so I'm on a similar diet, but I'm simplifying it. I'm doing no no slow carbs, only fast carbs, no beer, so I can still drink alcohol, <laughs> no sugar, no um, what else is it? No red meat, no fish. Um, no fast food, because I'm trying to be snatched, you know? I'm trying to, I keep telling people, I don't want to take my shirt off of Puerto Vallarta. Like, I'm not there, but I at least want to unbutton my cute shirt at Puerto Vallarta, because I have some cute shirts I'm trying to take. You know, my summer shirts, and it's my birthday, and it's Puerto Vallarta Pride. Yo, you you got to hear all about it when we get back in the next couple episodes. Uh, but diving right into how was your week, I'm still on this, like, job search, so if you know any jobs, throw them at me. I've been doing interview after interview after interview after interview, and finally I was like, Dude, my bitch ass just needs money. So, um, you know, I've always been very resourceful, always been the person to just, like, n- don't let nobody knock me down and just gonna make shit work. So I started to sell some of my clothes that I don't necessarily wear all the time. They have, like, places where they buy clothes, uh, like Buffalo Exchange or Trading World or whatever that's place called um i started doing like postmates and fucking um what's the other one called DoorDash on the bike though because i'm trying to like work out and still deliver shit like oh this is your burger enjoy your burger because i'm getting some steps in eh. and then um i've been doing uh task rabbit which is basically like People are like, oh, I need someone to pick this up. Uh, it might take an hour, an hour and a half. And it's $18 an hour. And I'm like, uh, okay, I'll go pick it up for you, lazy-ass motherfucker. Um, <laughs> but I'm trying here. Even today, I finally passed my interview to teach children in China um, through my webcam. And it's basically just teaching them English, which I was like, okay, I can do that. I can teach children English. Let's do this. And that's like, I think it's like 21 an hour. So I was like, oh, we we gonna jump on this idea right now, right here. Um, so that's what's been going on with my week. But in here in pop culture, uh, so RuPaul's Drag Race season 11 has been going on. Um, last episode, it was an alright episode. I will say that the episode before that was this amazing fucking lip sync. Was the Evie Oddly and Brooklyn Heights lip sync. If you don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race and you listen to this podcast, literally just like YouTube the lip sync. Just, or like look it up. Like, or if you find the episode, just, like, fast forward to the lip sync. It don't matter if you don't know what's going on. All you know is you're gonna get a motherfucking show put on you by these two fucking queens. Like, when I say that I support drag queens, local queens, drag race queens, I mean, this is why I love drag queens, because they put a fucking show. These bitches are flipping and flopping and, and doing all these acrobatics. This bitch was on her back, and she did that, like, that jump 
from your back when you land on your feet, like that ninja status, I was like, oh my God, these bitches, I cannot, oh my God, like, I was watching at a bar, and I literally, everybody at the bar was like, on their feet, standing on their stools or whatever, screaming, holding each other, because it was too much, it was too much. So, at the end of the day, they both got saved. Last episode, Plastic Tiara went home. Um, it was time. I thought she was going to be top four because she's just that beautiful. But you never know. They might give you a, They might give us an episode when a girl comes back. I'm just saying. And then maybe Plastic Tiara is top four. Um, I will say that they had the reading challenge. And I, I was not surprised. I, I read people on this fucking podcast more than these girls read each other. Talking about RuPaul and drag queens, I do support drag queens. And yesterday, or I'm actually on Tuesday, the brand new season of La Mas Draga came out. If you don't know what La Mas Draga is, last year, Mexican uh, drag queens came together. And in Mexico, they're called Dragas. And they decided that they wanted to put a show together very similar to RuPaul's Drag Race, but a show that would show the world Mexican. Mexican drag and uh, the Mexican drag queens are um, talented and they are um, fucking amazing. The first season was very low budget. It's on YouTube. You can still watch the first season, like super low budget. I think their fucking runway was as small as my room is. This time around, it's season two and they scouted all over Mexico uh, to find the best dragas to compete at La Mas Draga. It started on Tuesday at Temporada 2 de la Madraga on YouTube. And, bitch, I am advocating for this shit to be played in bars. The way that RuPaul's Drag Race gets paid on bar. I literally, like, have been texting bar owners that I know to be able to play this on Tuesday. I was like, uh, if you play it on Tuesday, I'll get you people there. I will get you uh, perf- Latino performers there, drag queens, drag kings, Comedians, whatever you want, I got I, whatever you like, I do for you. Like Bonquico, you said. So if you have not watched the Mas Draga, go ahead and watch an episode or two. Don't expect RuPaul's Drag Race, because remember, RuPaul's Drag is now hella high budget. La Madraga is still on YouTube, but it's very beautiful to see, like, Mexican drag or Latino drag at its best. It's in Espanol, so if you don't know Espanol, there's subtitles so that you can read it. So you can feel the way that, you know, la gente feels when they go to the theater and they don't, they don't understand what the English is happening. Talking about the theater, if you have not yet seen Endgame, you are fucking missing out. Like, I went and watched it on Thursday night. With my friend Abel, shout out to Abel, uh, because I did not want any spoilers. And I knew that I wasn't going to be able to watch it during the weekend because I was going to be gone in Houston. And I didn't want to watch it in Houston with, I mean, the organizers are cool, but I wasn't so prone to watch it with them. Um, and so I watched it on Thursday and I kid you not, I could not sleep. Like it fucked me up. It fucked me up. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say that I sat there at the end of the theater like a pendejo, like waiting for something to happen. Y nada pasó. Nos prendieron las luces y todo, and I was like, the fuck? Like, where is my after credit, like, clip? Like, what's happening? I want to know what's going to happen in phase four of Marvel Universe. They did close it really well. There's a lot of... um questions that I have. Uh, questions about why couldn't they bring Natasha back? I mean, Gamora came back. I mean, I'm already spoiling shit, so I'm sorry. Uh, questions like, wait, if he's old, then, like, how did that not affect the timeline? Couldn't, like, grown-up what's-his-face just came and helped them during all this time? Or, like, where the fuck was Captain Marvel? Like, was this just, like, Marvel's way of, of cautioning in case Captain Marvel didn't make good money in the box office? And be like, oh, we're not going to show her that much? Just enough? Because we don't know how well she's going to do in the, in, in, in the theaters. Because you have to know that... Uh, Endgame was filmed before Captain Marvel was filmed. So... When Cap, when um, Cap, the actress that plays Captain Marvel pr- did Captain Marvel in Endgame was the very first time she ever 
played Captain Marvel. She hadn't had her movie yet. There's a she did an interview and she joked that she didn't even know what the powers were. She was just okay. You want me to do that? Okay, I'll pretend I'm crushing something. Um, I will say that the girl power scene was lit. Um, there was a special girl in my heart that was missing there. But uh, I'm hoping that um, just like Gamora was able to return, maybe we Natasha Romanak can return too. Um, it was exciting to see some characters, but I will say that the movie was definitely made for Marvel fans. If you ju- are just like a movie fan, probably not made for you because there's a couple of loopholes that I was like, Weed, how can that happen? What rules are they following? What rules? Is it like Back to the Future rules? Is it Dragon Ball C rules? Like, what rules? Um, I need you to go watch Endgame because I think I ruined some of the things for you, so things will make sense if you go watch it. If you haven't watched it, please hit me up. I, I need, like, some sort of therapy group so I can, like, uh, be able to understand what happened and just get over it. Kind of like, you know, trauma. It's like inherent trauma. Um, talking about trauma that we were talking, uh, I want to just give a shout out um, to the parents of Nigel, Nigel Shelby. Uh, if you have not heard, Nigel Shelby was a 15-year-old queer black boy who committed suicide um, last week. Um, his parents have accepted him fully for being queer and... Um, he was bullied a lot in at, at school, and so he couldn't take it. And he, uh, if you don't know, there is a high risk of LGBT students, especially LGBT students of color. Um, the suicide rates for LGBT students of color are almost three times as higher than their white counterparts. And so... When I wrote my thesis on homophobia in urban schools, um, I did it because of this. Because I was a queer child of color, student of color, when I was their age. And I see, I have seen too many children of color who are queer uh, go through what we called uh, a double uh, minority. They're not only a, a person of color or a student of color, but they're also... Um, queer in a school system that when it's an urban school they're almost invisible because uh they don't have enough allies uh i want to give a shout out to their parents who uh proudly buried their son uh in a rainbow casket um it was a beautiful beautiful um ceremony uh it was very impactful uh, talking about impactful, uh, if you have not seen on May 1st, on May Day, um, Take Down the House came out on Netflix. Take Down the House is basically a documentary that Netflix did following Ale- Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, as well as four other female candidates of color or female candidates that were uh, running for Congress. It is a beautiful, beautiful movie. Uh, it burned something inside of me uh, to do more. Uh, and I feel like it will do that to everybody that listens to this podcast and then goes watches the movie, uh, the documentary. It's going to just like enact this sense of responsibility to do more. Um, I now feel a sense of responsibility that I can do more in my community, more for for my students, for my former students, for my future students, uh, do more for education, do more for the community of Oakland, uh, for the community of the Bay Area that I currently reside in that is fighting uh, gentrification, uh, it's fighting, um, you know, teachers and parents I'll be able to find jobs uh, and so I, I feel a sense of responsibility to do more um, and hopefully you'll be able to see me do more if you follow me on my social medias at it's just a talk on Twitter Instagram and snapchat you can also follow me on Facebook if you'd like I post a lot of beautiful articles there but with that we're gonna finish our how was your week segment and that should be a perfect segue for our question of the week which is coming up next we'll see you there You're a real
let it up, let it up. You're a real bitch, gon' let it up, let it up. It's your birthday, gon' let it up, let it up. Drunk and I'm throwing middle fingers up. Pass me the push, we gon' let it up, let it up. I'm drunk and I'm throwing middle fingers up, fingers up. Slide in my DM, you can hit me up, hit me up. She wanna be the one, she ain't the only one. I got a bop in the trap, got a bop on my lap. Bitch, I'm a dog, but I don't gotta chase the cat. They pull a wine mat, get the Addy from they friends. I don't keep loose, changing on top, loose ends. Look at me twerking in the closet. Look at me twerking in the closet. Hey, welcome back to the that segment of It's Just a Talk podcast. Today, I mean, I was just gonna go way ahead of myself. It were early on question of the week, and today's question of the week is very uh, fitting because, like I said, May Day happened on May first, and um, I I questioned myself. What is May Day? So for some people in pagan communities, May Day is when, uh, you know, they start celebrating spring and they start celebrating getting a little warmer. I can now sleep on shorts instead of sweats and socks and gloves and everything. Maybe some shorts and a tank top. You know, it's getting a little warmer. But in reality, the marches that happen for May Day are for labor rights. And the history behind May Day is not just because people want to march on the street. It's actually known as International Workers' Day. And it's been known as this since the 1880s, there you go. Um, And to be more exact, it's because on May 1st, 1986, hundreds of thousands of U.S. industrial workers participated in a nationwide strike to demand an eight-hour workday because at this time, it was common for work to be 10 to 16 hours a day for industrial workers. And of course, this was really long. Industrial workers were not getting paid well. They were working long hours. They were not with their families a lot. And so this was causing a lot of uh, issues, health issues, as well as just, yo, I'm, if I'm working 16 hours and not getting paid enough, I'm a revolt. And so it became a huge protest that it was nationwide. Um, and then the protest in Chicago lasted for several days. And on May 3rd, at the strike of McCormick Reaper Works, ended with a brawl with police officers. And several strikers were wounded or killed as the police threw a bomb into the um, protesters. The next night, the violence became even worse when police came to break up a crowd of protesters gathered at Highmarker Square. Um, this is where the bomb went off uh, by police ranks. The bomb killed seven policemen and wounded 60 of the protesters. The police then opened fire on a crowd, killing several men and wounding 100. This is known as the Haymarket Square Massacre. In commemoration of these events, now known as the Haymark Affair or Haymark Massacre, uh, this is why people protest or march on May Day. Most recently, in the early 2000s, May Day has also become a march for immigration rights as well as immigration workers' rights. All right, so I guess now you know what May Day means. So with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to the next segment of the podcast, which is our POC or Queer Excellence of the Week. I'll see you there. Welcome back to our next segment of the podcast, our POC of the week, or our Queer Excellence of the Week. And we're going to go ahead and start with una mexicana, Daniela Soto Inez, uh, the 20-year-old year old Mexican, that was weird, the 28-year-old Mexican chef who was named world's best female chef. Uh, the article says that for years, Chef Daniela Soto Inez has been a rising star in the culinary world. Soto Inez, who runs the kitchens at Cosme in 
Atla has helped these restaurants receive prestigious titles, and she's also racked up important awards such as the James Beard Rising Star Chef Award 2016. Now, the 20-year-old chef has been named the world's best female chef by world's 50 best restaurants. She is the youngest woman to win this prize. Um, world's 50 best restaurants made the announcement last Wednesday and opposed the group praises Soto Inez for thriving in a male-dominated industry while running a a largely female kitchen. Accompanying the article is the video profile where Soto Inez breaks down why she became a chef. What ignites my passion as a chef is people, the Mexican chef said. I believe what drew me to cooking was personalities and people, and the story behind why they were cooking what they were cooking. Real Mexican food for me is that is has Oh, I'm sorry, is that it has to have happiness and spice, and it has to be fun. It can't be too serious when you make Mexican food. I agree, you can't be too serious when you're making Mexican food. So congratulations to Chef Daniela Soto Inez. You are our POC of the week. And now to move on to someone that's POC and Bradley New Queer, or I'm, I guess they're our queer at the list of the week, Antonio Brown breaks barriers as Atlanta's first openly bisexual council man. Uh, so he recently got elected. Antonio Brown, he is this, ooh, he is gorgeous, yo. Like, literally, when I saw this, I was like, all right, it's been good, y'all. I'm moving to Atlanta. Um, so the Atlanta residents elected bisexual businessman Antonio Brown uh, to be their District 3 City Councilman during the runoff on Tuesday, uh, making the entrepreneur the first black LGBT member on the City Council. Ooh, congrats, Antonio Brown. If you single and you try to mingle, I will move to Atlanta. I heard that, you know, it's cheap in Atlanta now. I'm just saying, I'm down to move. Uh, and to round off our POC or Queer Excellence of the Week, we are going to go ahead and end it up with Ms. Mariah Carey because touched my body. She recently got the Icon Award. It actually happened at uh, last night's Billboard Awards. She got the Icon of the Year Award, which I think it's well deserved serve. Uh, Mariah Carey has been on my iPad since I can remember. Since my friend Adan uh, introduced me to Mariah Carey, I have been singing her. I have been, I mean, she's not very danceable, but I've been trying to dance to her. And you know what? Even though New Year's Eve was trying to come for her, she came for it. So Mariah Carey, congratulations on your Icon Award. And um, just another heads up, Antonio Brown. If you single, I'm single too. Get out of boy. We can move to Atlanta. We can make it work. With that, we're going to move on to our next segment of the podcast, Today in the Country. I'll see you there. for you. I didn't know how to transition from that one because it got real slow and I was expecting it to like, boom, pick up. Uh, kind of like the way that I pick up at the club. Hey! That was uh, Carry On For You by Kygo and Rita Ora from the Detective Pikachu soundtrack. They will be coming out next week, or I think it's this week. I don't know, but I'm hella excited for this movie. I am a nerd at heart, and I was a, I was a Pokemon kid. And so I am excited for Detective Pikachu. Probably not the best Pokemon franchise to choose to make a movie, but they're making a movie, and there's going to be Pokemon, and I want to watch it. So I will be there. Uh, Alright, welcome back to our next segment of the podcast. Uh, today in the country. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, the first thing we're going to talk about is uh, how the Equality Act has moved forward to the House uh, where Republicans all Republicans voting against it. So the House Judiciary Committee today approved the Equality Act, a wide-ranging bill banning discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity, moving it to the full House where a vote is expected to be scheduled soon. 
the historic 22 to 10 committee vote, marking the first time a measure has advanced, went along party lines, as expected, with all Democrats voting for the bill and all Republicans voting against it. Um, I mean, I don't know what else to say about this. Uh, there is not much that I can say other than the Equality Act is, is important for everyone because if one of us is being discriminated, then we're all being discriminated. As it says here in the article, the Equality Act, the successor to the less expansive and never enacted Employment Not Discrimination Act, would amend existing law to ban discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity in employment, housing, credit, public accommodations, and other venues. The Equality Act was introduced in two previous sessions of Congress, but both times failed to advance out of the committee. ENDA was approved, or the Equality Act, um, and that's a, that's a word for ENDA, um, by the House in 2007, but not the Senate, and in 2013 by the Senate, but not the House. So it never became law. So I, it's time that they both voted in, and that they make this happen. Um... Moving on to people voting and making shit happen. Uh, today, the Attorney General William Barr had a hearing where my favorite senators went in on him. Uh, so, Irono from uh, Hawaii went in on him, told them that he needed to resign. Uh, Kamala Harris went in on him. Uh, Booker went in on him. So, if you have not seen the clips, there's clips uh, floating around uh, of these people, these senators going in on General William Barr. And just to explain to him why they're going in on him. So, after the Mueller report, or Mueller report was... Um, I guess, shown to the public, introduced to the public, there was clear signs that uh, DJT obstructed justice. There was clear signs that DJT could have been charged with some obstruction of justice, and among other things. Um, but Attorney General William Barr did not um, go ahead and, I guess, move forward an accusation uh for DJT. Um, even though it was clear in the Mueller report, um, General, uh, Attorney General William Barr uh, testified during his hearing yesterday that he did not personally read the whole report. He read the four-page report given to him by, um, oh my God, I'm losing his name, by the other, by the judge, uh, so he didn't necessarily read it himself. And so what that tells us is that William Barr is not necessarily um, doing his job for the people. He is actually doing his job for uh, one person, and that one person being DJT. He is, by all means uh, and all intentions necessary, um, I guess, protecting DJT, and that's why he he's taking very cautious steps to not, um, I guess, accuse Trump of all the things that could be he could be accused of based on the hearing. Now, during this hearing, I will say that there's uh, certain people that I wanted to slap. Uh, I always want to slap Senator Lindsey Graham who uh, scolded uh, Senator Irono from uh, Hawaii and said, you slandered this man from the top to bottom. Your time is up. Um, because, again, uh, Lindsey Graham is a, a DJT supporter, and so he's not going to allow this person, William Barr, who is protecting DJT from um, coming down and from being taken down. Uh, go, talking about being taken down, the person that was being taken down was uh, the active shooter that shot up in North Carolina. If you did not hear about it, there was a shooting in North Carolina uh, last week. Uh, it was at Unc Charlotte. A student um, was... There was a couple students that were gunned down in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, very scary uh, to know that this happened. There were six victims. Um, they were killed in the mass shooting, and many uh, were injured. 
So prayers to all the families of the deceased and the injured and any students that go to North Carolina uh, in in Charlotte. Yes, in Charlotte, uh, my prayers go to you. Uh, To my friend, um, Louise, uh, I got really scared when I saw North Carolina because my friend Louise is doing his PhD in epidemiology. Uh, He's actually finishing to become a doctor. Uh, He goes to University of North Carolina, but he actually goes to the other campus, I believe is the Chapel Hill campus. Um, So he was safe. So my prayers to all of you. Uh, We're going to move on to our next segment of the part Hoy en el mundo. I'll see you there. We go together. Better than birds of a feather, you and me. We change the weather. Yeah. We're feeling heat in December when you found me. I've been dancing on top of cars and stumbling out of bars. I follow you through the dark, can't get enough. You're the medicine and the pain, the tattoo inside my brain. And maybe you for you, for you, and you know that I'ma keep doing it. I never really liked the Jonas Brothers, to be honest with y'all. When they were first out, I thought they were like lame white boys trying to like and say that I should be pure unto marriage. But once they grew into themselves, I was like, okay, they sexy. All right. I, I I I I guess they white and they make me look like oh oh okay these white boys be cute. <laughs> All right, welcome back to our next segment of the podcast. Hoy en el mundo. The reason behind hoy en el mundo is because I want us all to know que no estamos solos. It's not just things that are happening here in the United States. Things are happening all over the world. Things that we all need to know about, including you who are listening to this podcast. The first thing that we're going to talk about is Honduras. So if you did not know, Honduras recently had a uh, election. And the election, uh, the electoral authorities say that incumbent Juan Orlando Hernandez has an unaccessible lead, but has not yet officially declared the winner. His rival candidate, Salvador Nasraya, has cried foul, and his supporters have been on the streets protesting for days. At least three people were killed as protests have turned violent this whole week. Um... Uh, this group named Las Cobras has came out. About 200 Cobras gathered at police headquarters and announced that they were no longer willing to confront protesters, arguing that it amounted to taking sides. So the policia, the special forces of the policia known as Las Cobras, is now turning on the police itself because Honduras feels like there is so much corruption in their government that the person that they voted for is not the person that is going to be president. And so if... I've seen videos and images of this. It seems like a complete revolution is happening. And talking about revolutions that are in full effect, we go to Venezuela, which uh, has been going through this revolution for the last couple months, years if not. Uh, since Juan Guaido and uh, Maduro uh, had their presidential election, uh, obviously, in a couple episodes back, we talked about how Maduro uh, uh, basically manipulated the electoral the elections and basically fired everybody that was against him and created his own house of representatives or their version of with people that only supported him and then with the election he made sure that people voted for him out of fear and then basically created huge uh, voter suppression so that people wouldn't vote for Juan Guaido. The people of Venezuela though have chosen Juan Guaido as their president-elect and Juan Guaido has been trying to fight with the forces of military forces that um, Maduro has imposed on his people and on the protesters. Most recently, Venezuela went as far as to banning channels from their, um, I guess, their 
people from from people in Venezuela to watch them. Uh, they banned uh, CNN and BBC at the exact time uh, last uh, when they were uh, showing what was happening. At the time that CNN and BBC was being banned, they were reporting about uh, how the military and the military cars were running over protesters and killing protesters in the streets that Maduro has sent to kill protesters. And as this was happening on TV that was being shown in Venezuela, all Venezuelans literally just got a blank screen and a little sign that said that this program was no longer available. Uh, Maduro has been trying to keep the people of Venezuela tied down from military with military force by cutting, uh, taking all their guns away, by cutting uh, all source of communication from other people outside of Venezuela. This is why Venezuelans have been fleeing to nearby countries in the masses because uh, Juan Guaido and its people, it's not enough to bring down Maduro. And so uh, that is what's happening in the world. We're going to go ahead and move on to my favorite segment of the podcast. We went ahead and told you some tea. You know, we drank some tea. I was able to tell you some truth. And now we are about to talk some shit. And we're going to be very clear on this talking shit. And you have probably heard everything about this. So I'm going to see you at that segment. So let's talk some shit, yo. And then I'll go ahead and give you my final bonus wings. And I'll say goodnight for the night because it is late. It is almost 2 in the morning and I'm still in this closet. You know, she's trying to get some sleep, all right? So let's get this going. Money. I got money. Talking. Always talking. That's your problem. You always talking. Rockstar. Mixed with a ghetto chick. Try me. I wish a nigga would bitch. Oh, love. Who gon' hold us? Huh? Not the cemetery or the penitentiary. Damn, my contemporaries, I'm too legendary. It's so money. I got money. I wish I had money. I mean, I no tengo. No tengo dinero ni nada que dar. Lo único que tengo es amor. Oh, not even amor. Because ain't nobody trying to get my amor. All right, that was uh, Money by Lekeleli47. I cannot say her name. For the God, for the living God of mine. All right, welcome back to my favorite segment of the podcast where we get to talk some shit. I did say that these girls at RuPaul's Drag Race did not know how to talk some shit or how to, you know, read each other. I'm about to read some bitches up in this house. So, how about let's get to it, okay? Let's go. You go, I go, let's go. So, first off, I'm gonna talk shit about this police officer, Mr. Christopher Krikovich. So, on April 18th, at J.P. Taravella High School in Tamarack, Florida, which is actually six miles away where the school high school massacre happened in Parkland High School, which then launched the whole March for Our Lives um, you know, movement, there was a brawl or there was a gathering of students, mostly students of color from this high school, from J.P. Taravella High School, and a bunch of police officers showed up and started some mess. And no, I'm not going to start singing um, fucking French Prince of Bel-Air. No, that's not what I'm trying to do. And so there's this 15-year-old accidentally dropped his phone, and as he he went down to pick it up, one of the officers felt like he was threatened by this uh, black boy, and so he decided to go ahead and spray paint him, I mean spray paint him, pepper spray him, and tackle him. This only led for Deputy Christopher Kristakove to straddle him, smash his forehead in the asphalt several times, and punch him in the head several times as the teen extended his arms and tried to cover his head as teens kept screaming, what are you doing? He's bleeding. The teenager was bleeding, 15-year-old, and was taken into custody. The attorney general the, the Broward County State Attorney's Office has said they, they will file no charges against a 50-year-old, but it is yet to be seen for Christopher Officer Christopher Chris Kovich to have um, charges placed against him. All I want to say is, fuck you, police. 
I know there's many of you that are amazing police officers, and to you, I give you my heart. And I am sorry that I'm, ta- I'm, I'm overarching when I say fuck you, police, but the majority of these motherfuckers be doing shit like this. And this is why we don't trust police. This is why people of color don't trust you. This is why we don't trust you. And then you're going to show me a fucking video on Queer Eye, you know, of a police member telling Karama, oh, I understand Black Lives Matter movement. No, obviously not all policemen do. So y'all need to have your little convention like fucking Starbucks did and get your shit together because y'all over here keep beating up children that shouldn't be beating up. I mean, if I can do it when I used to teach, why the fuck can you do it and not get the fuck away with it? So fuck you, Christopher Christovic. Fuck you, um, the police department of Tamarack, Florida, for the Brownwater County Sheriff's Deputy Department. Fuck y'all. Really? 16 fucking miles from Parkland, where children were actually fucking killed, and you're gonna fucking over here and tackle children? (sighs) Talking about people that don't know people of color, obviously... Senate system did not want any people of color. They're being smashed recently. So this company, Senate Systems, um, (laughs) which is an informational technology staffing company, has apologized because on LinkedIn, they posted a (laughs) a post or job description, and literally their post said, Preferably Caucasian, who has good technical background, including knowledge in RPA, 8 to 10 year experience, relationship individual who can get more opportunities and build accounts. They started with preferably Caucasian. People have been going in, like, seriously, what is this? What kind of company writes preferably Caucasian? I've seen so many tweets about this. They literally have apologized. And this makes it so clear. For other people like myself who are people of color that have been looking for for employment in the last couple of years, now we know why it's been so hard for us to find a job. Because we aren't, quote-unquote, preferably Caucasian. So yes, it is harder for people of color to get a fucking job. I mean, I keep telling people, I wish I could just throw my degrees at people and be like, hire me! But it don't work that way, because I'm not preferably Caucasian. So, fuck you, Senate Systems. But also, thank you for actually, you know, unveiling what most companies fucking are thinking when they're hiring people. When I was in college, I we did this project where we had to send our resume to the same company twice. One with our regular names and one with a name that is sounds more Caucasian than anything. And so in my my regular resume says Mauricio Amaral Vasquez, which is my fucking name and also my novela name when I'm a novelas. <laughs> and my other resume said Maurice Amaral. Maurice Michael Amaral. Because my middle name is Miguel. Yes, you know that now. So my second resume said Maurice Michael Amaral. And literally, I got three times more call for Maurice Michael Amaral than for Mauricio Amaral Vasquez. Which just reminds me that maybe I should just do that from now on. Just be like, hi, I'm Maurice Michael Amaral. And then when I get hired, I'll be like, I actually like to be go, I actually like to go by Mauricio Amaral Vasquez. Thank you so much. And yes, you're rolling the R. Thank you very, thank you very fucking much. You're rolling that fucking R in Amaral and in Mauricio, and you're selling the Zeta right in Vasquez. I'm just saying. So yeah, fuck you, Senate Systems. If you have somebody that you want me to say fuck you to, go ahead and send me an email so we can talk shit about them at it's just a talk dot podcast at gmail.com that it's just a talk dot podcast at gmail.com or send me a DM on my Instagram, Twitter, or Snapchat at it's just a talk that is at it's just a talk on all social medias get at me. With that we're gonna come back together with my final boneless wings yes, they're final boneless wings not final nuggets because I'm a little saucier than nuggets so it's final nuggets Final bonus wings. First of all, I want to say, go ahead and watch Someone Great. It's a new movie on Netflix with Gina Rodriguez. There's all these other great people in the movie. 
It's a really a fucking amazing movie. I've watched it like three, four times. I'm just saying. It's a great movie. Gina Rodriguez is in it. It's mostly people of color, I believe, in the movie. Go watch it. You're going to love it. If you don't have a Netflix account, it's okay. I got a good fitting for you. Just date someone that has a Netflix account. I've, I've been telling people this. Like, go on a date with someone that has a Netflix account. Or just, like, put it in there to find out if they have a Netflix account or not. Then, on, like, the second or third day, invite them over to your place. And be like, oh, we should watch something on Netflix. And then be like, oh, mine recently got locked out. Do you have, like, can we borrow yours? Here, log in. And, like, if you can log in for them, that's even better. And then when your computer says save password, just click yes. And, bitch, you got a Netflix account now. Ooh, and you didn't even got to talk to this person anymore. You got your Netflix account. You good to go. You can run now. Ya nos vamos. Ya me just Netflix. Ya me voy. Uh, also, shout out to Imagine Dragons, who, uh, when they won their award on the Billboard Awards, uh, made it known that um, curvature therapy is still legal in multiple states in the United States, and states where 58% of LGBT youth live, and also that LGBT youth suicide is at an all-time high because of the disadministration that we live in, because of states that still have laws like conversion therapy, and because the Republicans refuse to pass the LGBTQ Equality Act because they all voted no for it. So shout out to you, Imagine Dragons. Also, May 3rd, este viernes, El Chicano is coming out. So I recommend that we all go support another Latino film. El Chicano is supposed to be like the Latino Batman, El Chicano Batman. So if you ain't watching at the theater, I'm going to call you out. We all need to go support Raul Castillo, my daddy Raul Castillo, and watch El Chicano in theaters. And with that, I'm going to go ahead and leave you. I hope you have a great freaking weekend. I will really try really hard to record before either leaving to D.C. or leaving to Mexico in the next couple of weeks. So I can give you another episode. I could give you episode 18 before my 31st birthday. Yes, bitch, I look young, but I'm 31. And when you're 31, shit starts hurting. And also, it's 2 06 in the morning. And when you're 31, you need to get some real sleep. If not, it's just pinches bags under my eyes. You know, I can't wear the that little... The, the expensive ass sticker that people put under their eyes, I can't afford that shit. I can barely afford some fucking, you know, carrots and celery to eat healthy for lunch. Cause you know, we on that Beyonce diet and we try to be snatched. So I love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I will see you soon. Please go ahead and follow me on social media. Go ahead and like, subscribe to whatever whatever media that you um, listen to and give me five stars. It really helps when you leave a comment on how much you love this podcast and tell friends about this crazy shit that I do in my closet that I call a podcast, that I call It's Just a Talk Podcast because we are your Spanglish, queer, political, everything podcast because I have too much to say and not enough in people to tell. So with that, have a great night, y'all. Bye. Yeah,